You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Apple Insider Podcast. It is I, Victor Marks, and I'm here with Mikey Campbell, the esteemed editor of AppleInsider.com. Mikey, welcome. Good to be back. I want to start by talking about the Department of Justice. We we sort of know that the uh, the FBI bought a license to, uh, to to use Celebrite's technology. Perhaps. Well, they issued a purchase order to them. Yeah, but, I mean, we don't. No, no. We, we know that they issued a purchase order. We don't know if that's what they used. Mm-hmm. But they paid the money. Of course, they, uh, they already... Uh, don't they already do business with uh, Celebrate, though? So we don't know if it's for that particular iPhone. I also believe Apple does uh, business with them, too. Mm. Uh, I don't know. So anyway. The same day they wrote the uh, the purchase order to Celebrite, they also bought a license for Blacklight to analyze the data they were getting. Mm. Yep. And in fact, it seems like they, um, they they issued a whole ton of purchase orders for forensic security-related applications after this whole All Ritz Act kerfuffle. Interesting how they uh, how they did that after they said they exhausted uh, all avenues. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing that I'm finding interesting is is this sort of back and forth, right? You know, it's as if the FBI is saying, "You should totally do it, Apple. It's just one phone." And Apple says, "No, it isn't." And then the FBI says, "We got in." And Apple says, "You should say how it's just one phone." And and what's the FBI's response to that? No, it's not. Uh, no, it isn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean. It's the FBI. What are they going to do? Are they, they need to get into the phone. And I think it's pretty clear that it's not just about one phone, despite what they say in court and in, uh, in front of a Congress Senate select committee. Okay. Uh, they, they're behind the curve when it comes to digital forensics. Uh, Lord Lynch, uh, you know, AG, um, said, as much in an interview, right? I mean, she said that digital fr- digital evidence gathering is becoming uh, the de facto norm for most investigations in the U.S. So uh, they need to develop these tools that can get into phones like the iPhone and Android and other other smartphones that are popular with the general public. And it seems like they haven't been keeping up with, with the modern technology. Whether that's a funding issue or whether it's something, I don't know, whether something else is unclear. But yeah. I think it's obvious that they're, they don't have the capabilities to uh, do so uh, on their own. Yeah, you keep using the word need. I, I, I like the idea of using the word want instead. Uh, well, how are they going to get into the, how they, are they going to get this information? They want to get into the iPhone. I, they want to be able to I, I don't know that it is their directive to get to gather evidence right right but so they they need to, to get into the phone well not necessarily because there are all kinds of situations where and, and the law accounts for the fact that evidence is simply unavailable right but in they some cases it. they can't need. always have it mm, i suppose i think in yeah. this case uh isa daryl isa congressman mm. uh tweeted relatively recently tweeted as recently as yesterday. Yeah. We, we have to find the right way to protect innovators from unreasonable government intrusion. Yeah. Well, I mean, the legislation, I mean, le- legislators are just as much to blame for current state of affairs 
as the Justice Department. The Justice Department is only working off of what uh, they can do within legal boundaries, right? Not necessarily. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's they, why they, they had to leverage the all writs. They had to they, go they around. fell back on that after because they wanted to go around what Congress has not just failed to do, but absolutely declined to do, right? Yeah, Congress didn't not- want to give them the power, so then they tried to backdoor the power. Right. Courts. So I'm saying le- the legislators are as much to blame as the no, FBI. No, we don't. We don't need a law to bar the FBI from doing stuff. We just don't need to write the law to allow them. And the FBI decides to go and do this anyway. I don't know if the, that's, the that's argument is the to Congress allow them. We're allowed it, and we're, we're angry about. I, I don't know if it's that Congress needs to write a law uh, saying, you know, like one way or another that uh, that, that was one of the points that that some of the congressmen made chewing out director Comey over was yeah I mean I don't know that entire hearing was kind of a fiasco so um probably the most entertaining thing I've ever seen on CNET though I suppose it was also kind of dry but I mean aside from the grandstanding from uh, a couple senators yeah um I don't think it really got anything done but back to the back to the topic of uh, whether or not Apple should have or, you know, might soon be compelled to break into one of their own devices. Um, there needs to be some sort of discussion in, in Congress or in the Senate or the House as to whether that is deemed legal and where the boundaries are, because there aren't any right now. And um, I don't know. I don't know where you even start. That, that it, it's so... It's already... The technology is already advanced to such a stage where uh, a simple discussion is uh, there's a there's no real jumping off point for that anymore. You just have to. I mean, it, it's it's surpassed the point of simply broaching the subject. You, we have to deal with it um, proactively. But I don't know um, the. The FBI just this week, right? Is the media was all over the uh, the Arkansas case, double homicide, supposedly Little Rock uh, field offices lending a hand in accessing data from iPhone six and an iPod, probably an iPod Touch, but they didn't release that info. So I, I don't think in that case that I, I don't think the FBI is going to uh, put their little baby in jeopardy for an Arkansas murder. Uh, conviction, but at the same time, it does raise the question: When are they going to attempt to use this exploit again? Right? It has to be coming. It seems to me that if if the FBI can purchase this exploit, then Apple should be able to purchase it and reverse engineer it as well. Um, I suppose, but is it in Celebrate or whoever sold them the exploit's interest to do so? That is a good question. No, it's, it would be uh, interesting to me if someone approached Celebrite, posing as a customer, saying, "I have an iPhone 5C." Uh, can I purchase the ability to, to access it and see how far they got? It is uh, business versus government in that case. And at least part of the reason why, where this whole thing gets sticky to begin with, it's Apple's a private company and the government was trying to compel them to basically divulge industry secrets in the name of national security. Uh, can it be done in in reverse? I don't know. So what, what's the big takeaway from all of this? Uh, it's not over. Uh, 
by any means, and we're going to be talking about this for probably uh, at least a few more years. Okay. Uh, I, I've seen stories that, you know, it, that the whole thing is, the FBI versus Apple thing is done. It's not done. That case is done. Um, the San Bernardino case is done, which was probably the FBI's best chance to convince Apple to hand over their uh, encryption technology willingly or, you know, through a court order. But now that they don't need to do that, at least for this, for the iPhone 5C, as far as we know, uh, who knows what the exploit is. It, it could be, a, it could be applied to newer versions as well. But uh, it's just, this is just going to keep going. I mean, it's going to be a cat and mouse game, right? Apple's gonna Apple's gonna make a new encryption method. FBI's and or law enforcement agencies are gonna want to get in, get act, grant, be granted access to that. The FBI, uh, Apple's going to make iCloud more secure, taking away the iCloud backup route for uh, law enforcement. So law enforcement's gonna want something to work around those roadblocks. It's just gonna be a back and forth, I think, for a very long time, as long as you know tech industry keeps innovating. But, yeah, so, I don't know, it's just something that we're going to be talking about for... Yes, well, hopefully we'll catch a break and not have to talk about it one week here on the podcast, <laughs> or if we do have to talk about it, hopefully something slightly more interesting comes up, because watching this thing develop has been a, a train wreck in slow motion. Personally, I think that the FBI chose the wrong company to mess with, and they, and they definitely chose the wrong method. I mean, they wanted to wage a PR battle with arguably one of the most powerful PR apparatus in in the entire world, right? Well, um, well, Katie Cotton isn't around, so it's not the most powerful. But well, it, not iron fisted, but it is. Uh, they do have a a vast machine, and have they have a vast? Uh, they have a deep pool from which to pull. Yes. In shaping public opinion, as it were. You know, I early on when this was going on, and someone was telling me online how uh, how Apple picked the wrong fight here, and that Apple was going to lose this. Uh, I, I responded by saying at the time that people like their iPhones a lot more than they like Congress. That the, the approval rating of, of Apple is a lot higher than the approval rating of anyone in the federal government. And, and of course, that's a rather silly remark to make, but there's some truth to it. Yeah, I, I found it funny during the hearing that uh, so many of the senators uh, whipped out their iPhone. Um, <laughs> well, they, they every one of them wants to have one, but not only because it's a good device, but because they know that the FBI can't spy on them. Well, it is uh, that specific committee had them issued right to them. Right. Um, but it's funny that I, I thought most of the the congressmen were were issued iPhones after they stopped issuing Blackberries. Yes. Uh, well, it depends on. I think that I don't know the pro- procurement policies, but I think each has to i mean i I'm, they have to go through they have to vet it right right but, it, but it's interesting but that a, that a, a department uh, for congress and purchasing right. department and they they approve which device gets purchased but i thought iphone was on that list it is for some uh committees and some senators but i think a lot of them use multiple devices obviously as seen by hillary clinton oh yeah but uh well, she wanted her blackberry and she got it in the worst way. Yep. Well, I, w- I wish I could start my own server farm for uh, personal correspondence, too. That'd be great. Hopefully you'd Nothing top secret, though. Than, uh, than hers. Yes. Speaking of, of, you know, being able to get into devices, Chipworks published a teardown of the new iPhone SE. Indeed, they did. And, and as expected, it's like, a, it's like a mashup of 
iPhone 5S, 6, and 6S technology with a few uh, few new parts sprinkled in for good measure. Right, and, and Chipworks said they, they likened it to an old Chevrolet outfitted with a peppy new Corvette engine. Yeah, and from what I hear, that's uh, pretty accurate. Our uh, colleague Neil has a SE, and he said it's basically a faster 5S. Aside from the Touch ID module, which is a first gen, you're not going to see that ultra fast unlocking like you do on the 6S, which is once you get used to it, it's kind of hard to go back. But it does support Apple Pay. Yep, supports Apple Pay. What else does it have? It has a uh, has a new comms chip in it. Audio is the same, I think. So there's the A9 processor. There's uh, two gig of RAM, same as the iPhone 6S. Mm-hmm. Um, Toshiba RAM. Toshiba RAM. The the uh, NFC chip and the secure element are are still there. The same one as the 6S. Let's see the access controller. The the uh, accelerometer was the 6S. I think it's a. Uh, isn't it integrated now? It's the it's it's uh what it's, it's not called it's, uh, it's accelerometer plus um it's some it's other XYZ roll pitch and yaw. It's you normally you'd have a three axis accelerometer, but this is a six axis inertial sensor. Yeah, I think the they started using that in the six S. I think prior to that it, there was a combination right. accelerometer plus um, some it's, other stuff. It's got Gyro. the uh, the the wireless modems, the the Qualcomm modem and RF transceivers are the ones out of the iPhone six. That's when they expanded the uh, the coverage, so you got that going. I mean, this thing is shipping, shaping up to be basically what we thought it would be, right? Uh, when the rumors first well, we were sort of assumed that it would be a 5s shape with 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 all the goods in it. Yeah, they just wanted well, at the time. I mean, we they just wanted, or we thought that uh, Apple was looking to uh, satiate people like Neil who. Love the four-inch form factor and keeps crabbing about clear. the four point five. Let's be clear: Tim Cook and Johnny Ive listened to the podcast, and it's true. They they heard Neil griping. They heard Neil's. They, they felt Neil's pain. No, they obviously did this <laughs> to accommodate Donald Trump. Oh God, no, they didn't. <laughs> he has small hands. I'm not going there. They did this to to because they they felt Neil's pain. And they wanted to relieve Neil's pain. No, they wanted to make it worse because they would give him what he wanted, but the worst way possible. But uh, but they would not offer it in a uh, 120 gigabyte configuration, so he can't use it. <laughs> he was telling me that he had to ditch like 50 gig of stuff. He offloaded all of his videos to Dropbox, and he moved all of his photos to compressed ones. And he had to ditch so many applications. Yeah. I told him the housekeeping was good for him. I don't know why he has so much stuff on his device. It's oh, kind of I, I can't speak. I have too much stuff on my device as well. But I, I have everything offloaded, um, synced to either like Dropbox or my own um, Synology cloud. Mm-hmm. How, how, I mean, how, how large uh, storage is your Synology? Uh, not too big. Just like like four terabytes, I think. Oh, not too large. <laughs> Only well, four I mean, considering I, I store movies on there and stuff too, so yeah, it's not just uh, it's not just like photos and text messages. Someday soon, I'll tell you about the Synology router that I've been using. Oh yeah, the it's the world's most accessible and fastest, securest router ever. It's pretty slow to boot up. I heard good reviews. It's well. It's pretty slow to boot up. Otherwise, it's pretty good. Yeah, I just have my old uh, Airport Extreme. I'm not using this. I'm using an uh, what 
is that it's a TP link, and if it's not the TP link, then it's probably uh, Netgear. I've got a few that I cycle through. Why? Exactly. I'll tell you later. <laughs> right. Yeah, although the, the, the Synology is pretty interesting because they have an app store for it. Synology, Synology app store is pretty uh It's got some robust. intriguing choices. So this um, iPhone SE, let's, let's, so I just want to ask you. So we knew, we all knew Neil was going to get one. There was, there was no question. Everyone knew that this was the phone for Neil. Mm-hmm. Are you going to get one? No, I don't really. I mean, I do like the four inch form factor. I thought it was a really good size. And I thought the 5S um, was probably one of Apple's best iPhones. It was, uh, it was solid. And um, it was light, and it worked one-handed. And mm, I mean, the the four point five inch offers you a, another row of apps, and it, it's a little easier to read on. But really, I'm not doing much of that on my phone. I have an iPad, or I'll just go to a computer if I need to. I don't really see. I, for me, there's really no appeal to go back down to a smaller form factor. Yeah, so I just, I just don't. I just don't feel like I would be okay with the concessions that they made um, or that, you know, they built in to the SE that I, I, I need a fast touch ID because I'm so used to it now. Yeah. I hate it on the iPad pro. Um, I'm, I always like just kind of tap the home button and it doesn't unlock. And I always get so frustrated. I know it's ir- it's well, I hear myself saying that and I'm irritated. Send, send your iPad pro here. No, but I mean, look. Let me take that spo- problem Apple spoils off your hands. Me. Apple spoils me with these with these new gizmos, and when they come out with something new that doesn't have the new stuff, it's kind of uh, disappointing. But that being said, there was there is a one uh, old four inch iPhone feature that I I do miss, and that's um, uh, an accurate soft keyboard. Have you noticed that? The when, once they move up to the six and the six S, uh, they and they had the uh, predictive um, input. They changed the the hitboxes on the soft keyboard, and I don't know why they did that, but it's less accurate for me. You mean the the amount of touch target? Mm-hmm. Like it's adaptive now, right? It it adapts based on the predictive the length of the word. Yeah. Well, it like it. I think um, that it links to uh, the predictive predictive uh, text function, so it'll kind of predict what you're going to type, and it'll make certain key targets larger uh, to facilitate faster typing. But I find that it predictive text is not totally accurate, so I often um, end up typing incorrect things. Mm. And it's it's frustrating with the when the four inch iPhone it was more of a like a one to one kind of thing. It they didn't try to adapt it on the fly, and I right. guess I'll, I'm either used to that or it's a better method. I don't know if other people are also having this issue, but I noticed my typing speed and accuracy have greatly diminished since the uh, the six came out. That's that's interesting because when I I've used the six now for a, a good long while, year and a half, and if I try and use the five at this time, mm-hmm. yeah, I find it hard to type. I had to go back to the five S. Um, I had a uh, I had the nine point three beta running on that, 
and it was I I was typing a lot faster and with greater accuracy. On which one? Um, on the five S. Well, so Mikey, this tears it. You need the SE. Just so I can, uh, just so I can type rude tweets out faster with a, yes, with more with greater accuracy and greater rudeness. Exactly. Well, you have to to reach peak rudeness. You have to have the SE, I guess. You you have to have the SE, and you'll send your iPad Pro here, and it'll be perfect. <laughs> I don't know what this has to do with my iPad Pro. You brought it up. It's the it's the touch you know, iPad. It's wrong the, in it. Well. Yes, but it has huge hitboxes for the keys. So I have no problem with it. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So who who do you think the iPhone SE is for besides you and Neil? Um, I mean, uh, what the research suggests that it's uh, a lot more Android switchers than previously thought. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, the, these research, the, these studies and reports um, – it's just they they don't take into account the fact that you know it's a much lower volume of uh, handsets being sold compared to like a say a, like a flagship 6s or a 7 uh, and while there's you know a greater percentage per capita of people or not per capita but per you know buyer um, coming from android it's not really enough to move the needle but i do think that apple is targeting uh, burgeoning markets with this device. Uh, obviously, uh, places like India, where they recently made a, a bunch of uh, changes to their iPhone lineup, um, they cut prices and then they replaced the, uh, I believe it was the 4S completely. Mm-hmm. I think they stopped selling that uh, okay. model. Yeah. I mean, for for a long time, they wouldn't even address those markets, right? They, they were having a field day with growth in developed nations. Like, um, I mean, North North America has been saturated for years, but uh, certain regions of Europe um, and Asia, uh, Japan especially, um, in the past couple of years, they were just raking in the dough and now they have to go fight down market. Yeah, and that's like kind of a thing. This thing. The, the SE price point is uh, $399, is not it? Oh, here it is. Here it is. But, um, well, depending on what model, right? Fair but uh, it is a bit. It is more expensive than uh, if you take into account the exchange rate and all that. Um, it is more expensive in say China, but uh, compared to Android offerings there, I think it sits pretty. Well, like, I mean, to be pretty, clear, you can get Android offerings that are dirt cheap. Right. Oh yeah, you you can you can get a, a phone, but you can't get the premium feel of an Apple device, or the premium support. I don't know if people really care about the support. Uh, they care that their software works, right? Do they? Is that why they've been going with Android for so long? Like well, let, me, let me tell you about an Android story that I can. Uh, it's, it's a personal anecdote. It's not the sum. It's not data. It's an anecdote. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, uh-huh. someone close to me had a Moto E uh, second-gen 2015 device. I'm sorry. And was using it all during the day next to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then went home and put the phone on the kitchen counter and phoned me from the home phone, which I thought was unusual, to say that the Motorola had booted into a recovery mode and that its boot log said that the uh, something like the boot image 
could not be validated. All right. And, you know, I, I looked into it a little bit and said, you know what, we can try and flash this thing again through fast food, but go ahead and call Motorola and ask them what they think you should do. And Motorola's answer was that the best they could do for him, the second best they could do for him, what they recommended was that he send them the device and then wait for about 20 days without a phone and they would ship him back a working one. Sounds sounds legit. You don't need a phone for a Not month. really, no. And he said, well, what other options do you have? And the other option was you pay $25 for the privilege of them sending you a phone. No, no. The first arrangement was you have to ship yours first, and when they receive it, then they get around to sending it. So you're still without a phone for that length of time. You pay $25 for the privilege of cross-shipping. No. You ship yours well, first, and they ship at the same time. And he said, well, for 25 bucks, are you going to overnight it? No. No, we will send it ground five days. Well, to be fair, Motorola is still stuck in the 19th century. Well, they, you know, they, the Moto E was the one where they promised that you would absolutely get updates. And then they reneged on that promise and said, no, you won't get updates. And then they, they treat you like this. And the, the, the person in question lives about a mile from an Apple store. So what did he end up doing? I ended up paying the 25 bucks and cross shipping his Moto E. Uh, I, I figure in a few years when the Moto E dies for good, and Moto won't help him anymore. That that I will try or and direct Moto's him. Out of business, completely. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see about that. But at that time, all of the phones that are currently Motos will just be branded Lenovo, right? Um. Yeah. 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 I remember the time when uh, when one lusted after a Motorola phone. Yeah, Razer. I, I really Sliver. wanted a Razer. Really wanted one. I had one. I had two. Lucky. I sold them for like sixty bucks. Ah. Uh. I think my my first cell phone was a Motorola Flip, uh, not a StarTac, whatever it was before that. I don't even know how. I don't know what their naming nomenclature was back then. StarTac was, was the first really good one. Yeah, as a flip. How dare you! I enjoyed my flip phone. I'm sure you did, and it lasted for at least forty five minutes. That's okay, Mikey. It's okay to have enjoyed that. It's the days when you would carry around extra batteries. Those days the phone were so long ago. And in fact, if you go into the airport, there are stores that sell replace, you know, spare batteries to this or, day uh, for Samsung. 19, no, no, not, not for old flip phones, uh, but, for, flip phones? but for Samsung. Oh, well. I'm sure they would do it for Apple if Apple uh, allowed Had people to battery. change uh, their battery and any yeah. of their devices. No kidding. So tell me about this smart connector patent. One of the things Neil loves... I'm talking a lot about Neil here, is he loves the smart connector. Of course he does. Well, he, he has these grand visions for you doing other things besides the keyboard with the smart connector. I thought, so, we, I thought we established that the smart connector is kind of gimped, at least dreams. in its current form. He dreams. Okay. Well, not. he's not going to get – his dreams are not going to become reality this Yet. generation. Yet. So but maybe in, one day. What's in the patent? Uh, basically, it's it's uh, it's a patent for stackable plugs. So let's say you have a uh, iPad Pro, and you want to connect a keyboard and um, say a battery pack, and also for some odd reason a, uh, <laughs> a spinning disk drive or something. I don't know, Ex- external storage of some sort. Right. Um, currently, there's really no way to do it 
uh, simultaneously. So well, you, you plug uh, in a lightning connector with one thing and then stack another lightning connector into that female's lightning connector and so forth. And that except, doesn't work. Yes. Yeah. So this uh, patent is basically saying that you can stack connectors using the smart connector, which has two-way data and uh, uh, power, right, with three three port or not three ports three um three pins and you can stack these plugs one on top of the other and it will intelligently parse out all the information from each thing and let you operate two three four devices at one time mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool so uh, imagine if you will that the current smart keyboard uh you can stack on top of that like a like a battery case, kind of like the iPhone battery case, but in, instead of connecting via Lightning, it'll connect on the smart connector side, and okay. you'll still be able to attach a keyboard. Mm-hmm. So it has implications uh, to expand iPad's ecosystem vastly. Right, one of the one of the drawbacks that people always cite of um, iPad is that it's a lack of expandability. It's not as versatile as a laptop computer. So this could go a long way in addressing those concerns. But who knows if it's ever going to come out? Probably not. Uh, it's like the, Apple, the prototype original iPad that had two 30-pin connectors. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. Uh, Apple has grand visions of of a time when you won't need wires at all, right? Everything's going to be connected wirelessly. I don't know if they're going to invest in something that's not contactless. I mean, they're even moving to wireless charging now, right? And I'm all for that as long as it can be done in in an efficient way and in a way that actually works. Because charging my Apple Watch for an hour or a couple hours or whatever, you know, it's... It's obviously not as efficient as plugging in uh, my iPhone with a wired connector. Mm-hmm. So the technology is not quite there for wireless wireless charging, but it is there for wireless data, and that is what iPad and iPhone use now and that rely on the most, and they're kind of moving further in that direction. So we shall see. Now, we, we just got done talking about all of the, the things that led up to the iPhone SE. We did that last week, and, and we recapped it a little bit with what's inside of it this week. What's the new iPhone rumor? Oh, the new iPhone. Well, Cause, I mean, instead I of... A, personally, I want a new iPhone. What's the Well, then you, you might have to wait until... Uh, do you want AMOLED? AMOLED has its uh, benefits and drawbacks. Well, according to Mr. Ming-Chi Kuo, who people love to hate, um, for some reason, I don't know why he's he's been very accurate in the past. Um, I've I've heard him called a a charlatan. That's interesting, given the things that he brings us. It is interesting. Who, anyway, who is he misleading? I wonder. Um, I don't know. He's been very accurate in the past, and has he just pulled the wool over our eyes and we don't know it? The charlatan. I don't know. So in, is, in any case, so he's saying that we should expect an AMOLED iPhone in 2017, which is interesting because 
Apple is expected to revamp the iPhone design to take advantage of OLED's ability to be uh, flexible, right? So perhaps a curved screen of some sort, partially curved, um, but, but to facilitate edge-to-edge. Yeah. Curved screens already exist. Yeah, they do. I mean, there's there's the uh, Samsung S7 Edge, right? Okay. S6 Aside from Edge. the gimmicks that Samsung uses for for their uh, smartphones, there are some very beneficial properties that can be gleaned from using an an uh, OLED screen, which. One, for example, is an edge-to-edge display, which would be awesome. Um, a true edge-to-edge, where are you suggesting there is Samsung one is not an edge-to-edge display? There's a bezel on the side, but it's that, down on the side now. Yeah, but it's still okay. there. All right. Anyway, so if you want an OLED iPhone, perhaps 2017 is going to be the year. Uh, but that's going to be uh, if. Their naming convention continues. This year is going to be a 7. Next year is going to be a 7S, which means there's uh, going to be no aesthetic design change next year, except Quo is saying that, yes, they are going to release an OLED model, but the catch is that it's going to be only one, and it could either replace the top-end 7 Plus uh, and you know further differentiate that. No. Uh, seven, <laughs> it could be like a seven S plus seven S plus. So in that case, it would be like no. So in that case, it would be like uh, they would have the six S uh, for free, then like the seven S, which would be a redesign coming out next. Oh, it's the seven, which is based on the seven. No, I'm sorry, seven S next year, which is based on the seven that will be released this year. Plus another model that has an AMOLED display and new design, which Quo says is going to be curved not only on the display side, but also the back. You know how Apple loves symmetry. So that's what it is. Oh, he, he kind of describes it as a, a 4 series, except a next generation 4. Remember the uh, glass sandwich? Okay. So it's going to be that, except with a, a thinner antenna ring or antenna uh, surround um, and curved on both sides. And, and when do you think I can have this thing? Uh, 2017 fall, probably. So depending on AMOLED, uh, how much stock Apple can pile up, could be in addition to the 7S and 7S Plus, or it could just completely take the place of the 7S Plus. So in either in in either case, it's going to muddy Apple's lineup if indeed they do launch it in 2017. Um, but I mean, I I do have a soft spot for OLED displays simply because of the uh, color saturation it can achieve and its ability for power savings, which will be excellent, hopefully, unless unless Apple continues with the uh, full white UI. In which case, uh, OLED savings be, will be minimal. Yeah, or the reverse of power savings. Right. Assumption. <laughs> that other thing. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, but I mean, I do like the idea of that, and I don't really, I don't really care about curved displays. 
I, I think they're kind of gimmicky. Um, I haven't really seen a use case that really made a compelling argument as to why the display should be curved. Um, but I am kind of excited for it. And I don't know if I will buy it though. If it is going to replace the 7S Plus and that it's going to be, it's supposed to be a 5.8 inch display. And I am not a fan of a humongous, even phones. bigger phone. Yeah, it's going to be, well, it would be Apple's biggest phone, right? 0.3 inches larger than the Plus. Yeah. Um, so, a true phablet. My idea is to get on the iPhone, the, the Apple upgrade plan. You know, purchase my phones directly through Apple, and yeah. when such a thing becomes available, I will strongly consider it. Still probably going to have to pay through the nose. Well, you know, the, 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 it's like 30 or 40 a month. It's too rich for my blood. Is it? Then I will reconsider. But it's still, it's, 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 there's something alluring about that. Yeah, I mean they're getting they're getting smarter about who to sell to and how to sell to them. But we shall see. This this month is or this quarter is supposed to bring the first drop year over year iPhone sales. So you have to do something to to uh, accommodate the Wall Street doomsdayers. You know, at some point they would they they well, it just boggles my mind that they never realize that every time they predict doom. They're mistaken. Well, I mean, one year they're going to have to be right. You know, they they always say, "Well, it's overvalued this, or it's over. It can't earn any more." Well, it's all really? about growth. <laughs> it's all about growth. Really? I found it uh, amusing that Fortune didn't include Tim Cook in their top. Uh, was it top forty CEOs? Top thirty? Really? Hey, Apple relies far too much on the iPhone for profit. Well, I suppose that's true. But that's because they're the only ones selling computers that are profitable. I don't. And I don't see uh, computers aren't that profitable anymore. It's kind of the same thing as saying Exxon only is uh, largely tied to oil sales. And I don't know. It it makes little sense to me. What companies have a such a divested product line that they can say we're bringing in equal amounts of money for each of our. V- are, are disgustingly successful devices and or product offerings. I don't know. I, I, I still like the idea of the big phone with the AMOLED and the, uh, the curved screen. All, all that sounds wonderful. I will take two, please. One for each, one for each paw. Absolutely. One, one for each pocket on my Jinkos. Wow. You gotta, you gotta double fist that. <laughs> this isn't, you know, so I was just reading Jonathan Zajarski's, you, you, you know, his tweets, right? He, uh, he published a blog entry about how Apple can make their FBI problems go away. How is that? Well, he's, he's talking about the uh, concept of a trusted boot process. Oh. You know about that? Yeah, I saw him mention that earlier today. Right. So, so he says that it hasn't been defeated in years. It's sensible to add it as a layer in front of the OS. And basically, the trusted boot process sits in front of the operating system. And the operating system is completely dark until proper authentication is completed. It prevents RAM disk, it prevents firmware, it prevents anything from booting until the device has been authenticated. So you'd add like a complex boot password that's way com- more complex than your day-to-day password. And, you know, because you don't reboot your phone all the time, right? Your, your, your phone is almost always on, yeah? But wouldn't that just 
create more of a headache for Apple, who has to jump through even more hoops to open a phone for the FBI? Well, that's just it, is that it wouldn't be any more hoops. It would be just simply no. Uh, I don't know. No can, I mean, that, can be, that can be... Um, you're, you're thinking that that, that would be... Cool more hoops because it would be more more much you have to make it possible well if it's just completely and totally impossible uh, tough nothing is impossible victor a device would not be able to boot any firmware even that signed by apple in the event of successful all writs act order someday what's interesting is uh about uh, i think he tweeted uh something today that i didn't know is that apple uh, has ability to uh flash the uh secure enclave mm-hmm um, so basically that opens it up to a brute force, uh, if you, if you do it correctly, I mean, it'll take a long time, but yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the, the, the whole idea of this trusted boot process that he proposes, uh, is appealing to me. Yeah. How many people are going to get locked out of their phones though? Should the user forget their boot password, they can be given the option of wiping the device and restoring it back to an unlocked state. Hmm. They lose all that, that precious data, all their cat pictures and, and stuff. Pick your poison. I don't know. I don't know. You're already out of luck if you forget your device password. Yeah. Right? Your your option then is to restore the device. So the same thing's true for this proposed boot password. Mm, but it makes it even more difficult, right? Uh, Not really. I mean, if you just... Who, who store... I mean, you can... Uh, some people have four, you know, six pin, whatever. I use... Do you use alphanumeric? Not yet. Okay. Well... People like you who use like six pin or four pin. I'm on or the whatever. four digits at the moment. I'm going to change that real soon now. So yeah, so I mean, definitely people like you who do four pin. Are are people like you going to write down? Their, I could uh, do a pass? really long ten thing, ten digit one. I could do a ten uh-huh. placeholder one, or a twelve placeholder one, as long as I only ever had to use that at boot time. Any other time, I could use a short one. <sighs> I don't know. I'm not an encryption expert, but so I can't uh, I can't attest to the veracity of either argument. Said it's but I, I I will say that uh, Touch ID makes it a lot easier. Prior to Touch ID, I don't I don't think I lock my device. I hardly lock my device. Yeah. You know there there, there were always people that I I knew of that were jerks that would you know if your device didn't have a password on it passcode on it. Oh, they would put on, yeah. They would pick it up and put one on there for you, and, and then you'd stuff. be, yeah, jerks. You know, they, they thought they were funny. That, that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. It is to them. Yeah. But uh, I've used the four-digit because passcode, using Touch ID required putting on a four-digit, at least. And I do like Touch ID. Touch ID is good stuff. Remember when uh, people said it wouldn't work? People say lots of stuff. I also like they Apple do. Pay quite a lot. And Touch ID, I only and use, Apple Pay. I can only better. use Apple Pay. The only place I go to I, that I go to regularly that I use, that I can use Apple Pay is um, uh, Petco. Petco. Yeah. Okay. It's basically uh, the only place that accepts it here. Huh. I don't I, go to Whole Foods. I don't go to. I Whole don't, Foods, Trader Joe's, uh, Walgreens. Um, don't go to Walgreens. I've used it in a bunch of places. Well, good for you for living on the mainland. Uh, my uh, my uh, general, uh, my my physician. Really? My physician's office will do it. And, you know, they, they say, well, you'd like to pay your copay or whatever it is. And I say, sure. And I take out my phone and they go, oh, you're one of those. And they punch it in on their pin pad and it's ready to go. They're not going through Square? No. They have, a, they have actual... They have pin pads. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the tire shop can do it. 
the tires, the, the place where I get tires on my car does it. Um, the, uh, the, the, the health food store that's a local thing, not a, not a big chain like Whole Foods. They, they do it. I got a lot of places around me that will take Apple Pay. Hmm. But Petco. Petco is, uh, the go-to place for me. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm glad that the iPhone SE is there because it means that there will be more people able to use Apple Pay. And I think the faster we can get everywhere using Apple Pay instead of the stupid chip cards, the better off we'll all be. Well, the better off Apple users will be. Well, everyone else will have to to, to catch up with Android Pay. Yep. But this is the problem, right? Because I, I have... So my, my bank supports Apple Pay, finally. Took them long enough, but they finally got in there. And and so I can do that with, with my credit union. I tried to set up a, a Nexus 6P with Android Pay, and the same financial institution that supports Apple does not support Android. Mm. So there's there's two wrinkles here, right? There's having Android users have the adoption to do it, but there's also their financial institutions have to get on board. Well, of course. That's why you should use Samsung Pay. <laughs> oh. The the magnetic waves sending technology? Look, it's it's amazing, all right? And it's accepted everywhere. Except that swipe is is deprecated, right? So the magnets Look, are deprecated. We're living in the now, okay? We're living in the now. Yeah. Not not the future. I wish people would hurry up and catch up to the future. Mm, good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, the rollout for chip card has been horrendous. Yeah, I see. Uh, well, we have the readers here, but they're not active. Are you kidding me? It's funny. They have the, they have the new readers, right? The, the, like, the uh, slots have to be active by now. The Ingenico or whatever. Right, Ingenico uh, and Verifone. I've seen the Ingenico ones with, uh, with like... Um, index cards in the slot saying the chip is not active oh gosh don't don't stick your don't card in put here put your stuff. card in here yeah everywhere i go in in target or whole foods or trader Joe's, there are all these cards that are taped up next to them telling you the steps to insert your card and don't pull it out too soon because yeah. if you pull it out too soon it reboots their point of sale don't you have to leave it in for the whole thing you leave it in for the entire transaction but see the yeah. problem is that, that we were trained for years if you were using yeah. a gas pump to, to just insert and remove quickly. Yeah. Well, for everything, right? Right. A swipe. Yeah. A swipe it, you don't leave it in. We're such dumb creatures. We can't learn these no, things. No, no. We got trained, and then they want to break our user expectations, and they were convinced there would be no problems at all with this. Yep. They were wrong. Yes. Dead wrong. Dead wrong. I'm Victor Marks, and you can follow me on Twitter at vmarks. You can also find my work on appleinsider.com. Mikey Campbell, who joins us, is MikeyCampbell81 on Twitter and also available at AppleInside.com. Join us next week for more news about iPad, iPhone, Mac, and more.